thing about Batman. Like, it's hard not to think oh, the about the, the, the trailer. trailer. Yeah, it's just so like... Good. It's so weird how, like... Like, Matt Reeves is a consistent director. Like, the dude made the last two Circus 8 movies, which makes yeah. sense that, like, that's why probably why Circus is, like, uh, Alfred. Oh, involved, yeah. Because it's like, yeah, you, you made my Ape series good. <laughs> You're like, you at least helped me make the series... Yeah gonna become become reality so it's like i don't know like it was a pretty perfect choice matt reeves for mm-hmm. it and i'm getting strong like fincher vibes yes from the trailer mm-hmm. which is like exactly what i would want is like seven the movie seven yeah yeah no with, i got uh, yeah with batman and oh for sure i mean hopefully i don't need, need it to be that twisted and morbid no. but like kind of aesthetically going that direction i'm cool with it especially having like proto riddler have like a <laughs> duct tape face with his glasses yeah it's like oh jesus like this is i don't know we'll so you have to see more i am kind of surprised that like i didn't hear any news about aquaman 2 especially how big aquaman was for them like yeah. I, I, fig- I figured like i'm James- okay with that I, well i know you're okay <laughs> with that and i'm I, honestly i'm i'm not i'm not crying over no aquaman yeah. 2 news but like like james wan is such a big fan of that first film and like what he was doing like he was obviously that was his baby yeah. and I, I was kind of interested like i just thought we'd get like maybe 10 minutes of james wong on a green screen like hey this is aquaman 2 uh, Black Mana and uh, Randall Park mm-hmm. team up. I, I don't know. Like it's, it was all, one of those things. Like because we got Black Adam. Like we got like yeah. we, we didn't get much of Black weird Adam stuff. either. Yeah, it's like good, we, good weird. But... We got like concept art trailers for Black Adam, which was like really weird. And it was yeah. like, is this is this promoting a comic or is this promoting the film? Which yeah. is like, it, it's either way it makes sense. But no, I mean, everything it showed, I thought was. It made somebody happy. Well, That's all I can yeah. really say. There was a noticeable lack of Boo Boo Stewart in the showcase, but <laughs> I, I, I did not expect that to be the recurring non sequitur comp. Like, but I'm I'm fine with talking about Boo. Now we're stuck more. in it. Now yeah. it's got to be Boo Boo every time. Well, now we have to start the show because I don't. I was not prepared to talk more about Boo Boo Stewart, and I just. Okay. That man deserves preparation. You forgot for your notes. Opens. You forgot your boo-boo notes. I yeah, I got the notes for the actual topic oh, we're okay. talking about, but no boo-boo Stewart. And uh, what is that film? Oh, yeah. Well, first off, I'm Logan Sowash. <laughs> I'm Andy Carr. And this is Odd Trilogies. Welcome this is, back. Yeah, thank you. This is the entertainment podcast where we talk about a trio of films that are connected by, what, number, thematic elements, or just being plain weird and we mm-hmm. feel like work together in some way shape or form and we talk about the good and the bad and the weird of them because of course that's just fun yeah <laughs> and uh, currently we're talking about a a deliberate literal official trilogy yes we're in we're in the thick of the bill and ted trilogy oh we are very much in the thick <laughs> this is a this is this is this is gonna be so much fun yeah uh, compared to like this is this film uh, is the sequel to Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, which is 1991's Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. <laughs> we talked about the Excellent Adventure last episode on yeah. our first episode, mm-hmm. and so now we're moving on to the second one, a, a we, justifiably well, bizarre. Well, that was the thing. Sequel. Well, that was the thing too is when we finished the first episode's recording, like you, you, I think you looked at me and was like, "You're still, you were still kind of." mixed on how you mm-hmm. felt about bogus journey and i kind of was too at the oh, time sure. and like i thought about it especially like editing this uh, the last episode i think i finally i think bogus journey slaps <laughs> i really enjoy bogus well, journey through and through it's not as it's definitely a worse film than excellent adventure but it's not 
in my opinion, bad. It's one of those movies I enjoy thinking about and talking about and, like, mm-hmm. reflecting back on yeah. almost more than, like, the actual 90-minute experience of sitting through it. <laughs> yes. And that's not to say I didn't that enjoy the movie. Yeah, I yeah, did. Yeah. I, I, I like it. Um, it's a very bold sequel, I think. Yeah. And I think it that helps and hurts it, but, mm. um, you know, more sequels could stand to have the ambition of Bogus Journey. Well, that's, I think Bogus Journey is a great uh, example of like the Catch-22 of doing a sequel, is that if you did a sequel that just completely took everything from the first film, and then just like, they went back in time again and did this, it was probably never going to, it's not going to do as well as the first one, because it's just a rehash of Excellent Adventure. Right. However, if you do it in a completely different direction, which is what Bogus Journey does, which is you just you just basically go on all cylinders and do just absolutely the most bonkers thing you can think of. <laughs> you risk alienating a lot of people who liked certain elements of Excellent Adventure yeah. that don't come back. Because one of the weirdest elements in this film is that time travel is not a big part. It is actually very minuscule in this yeah. film. It's I actually didn't even think about that until later when I was like watching <laughs> yeah. interviews yeah. and retrospectives on the film. And yeah, they practically don't time travel in this movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a little bit with, uh, yeah. obviously, Rufus yeah, time so travels a little bit. The but. film begins in the future, uh, which I believe is, is it 2691? Because I think it, it is yeah, just... it's, it's a, just six, 700 it's, years yeah, it's, it's, ahead of the current it's, time. it's a few years, both in the future and in the present, since Excellent Adventure. So it's like... You know, everyone's like, okay, cool, everything, like, excellent adventure, they, they've passed their history report, everything should be good to go at this point. Yeah. And then, uh, if things don't go as planned, the, one of the weirdest things that, like, you, you would think most films, well, most films have this, but in Bill and Ted it doesn't fit as well, and that is an antagonist. Yeah. <laughs> it has, uh, his name is, I wrote it down because I legitimately forgot what his name was until, uh, um. D. Nomolos. Yeah, uh, I think he pronounces it Denomolos. Yeah, his in the film. apparently his full name is uh, Chuck Denomolos. <laughs> At least in the comics, whatever in the comics, that his name is Chuck Denomolos, which is great. About I didn't know this either. Denomolos is one of the writers Ed Solomon's name spelled backwards. Oh yeah, <laughs> which is of like which is. is fantastic. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Bogus Journey has an antagonist, and which we, the fir- first film doesn't. Really. No, it's, it's kind of just a race against time or yeah. a race to, you know, fulfill yeah. a destiny or whatever. Yeah, we we talked about like my personal thought about who the uh the antagonist is. It's not a who, but like just the essence of time. Running yeah. out of time and like they are they are always on the clock to make sure they can make it to their history exam. But they do have obstacles like Ted's dad and yeah. like Napoleon not following orders and like all the historical figures doing their own thing and San Dimas, but like in the second film they just kinda went more simple and just had a uh an antagonist, which... Yeah, well, and they commit to that right from the start. Kind yeah. The first scene is, and a lot of sequels do this, your introduction to this ominous new mm-hmm. villain. And, of course, he's here to to end the, I guess, the cancel Bill and Ted's destiny of saving the universe yeah. by... Um, well, yeah, by, by getting rid of them before they can write the song or write the <laughs> play the concert that saves the world. So... I'm going to try and do this because that's another thing that's hard with this film is uh, summarizing. It. I will try to do a summary of this film where it's uh, 
So Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey takes place a few years after the first one, and uh, Bill and Ted are not the saviors of the universe yet. They are yeah. still, they're kind of living in a, uh, a kind of a, it's supposed to be a dump of an apartment, but I would live in that apartment. It was kind of, it was chill, but like it's basically, the premise is that Dean Molos, the villain from the future, hates Wild Stallions. Right. And so he creates evil robot versions of Bill and Ted, sends them back in time to 1991 because apparently in bill and ted's timeline the two biggest events are the history report in 89 and the battle of the bands at san dimas in 1991 (laughs) and so dina molo sends the evil robots back in time the evil robots kill bill and ted take over their lives and do what they can to basically make sure time doesn't happen like it's supposed to. Yeah, they kind of take their place in the timeline and ruin yeah. the, the, any chance. And so, of... so 20 minutes in, Bill and Ted are dead, but it gets even weirder. So much weirder. Bill and Ted's spirits are still in, like, are still in the, like... Uh, well, yeah, after, it's, uh, so, it's, so yeah, yeah, it's... Bill and Ted are killed by robo-Bill and Ted, yes. who are... Essentially, at least on the surface, perfect copies of Bill and Ted. They're, yeah. they're played by uh, Alex Winter and Keanu Reeves. Which those scenes, the like, way. there are scenes similar to the first film where they are like, they it's the evil Bill and Ted and the good Bill and Ted are in the same room together, and it looks good. Yeah, it, there's there's only one scene I think where you can tell that <laughs> Keanu it's Keanu's Reeves. double yeah. in the back, which is like it's like a blink in your miss situation. But yeah, yeah, it's a pretty impressive. Double, yeah, like yeah. How they, especially how they for ninety-one, on yeah. How, especially since like movies, you know, even today struggle with that. Yeah, sometimes. Well, now they, they well now they gimmick. just they now just do the body double and then CGI face, the on, which yeah. seems to work at most times. But uh, let's get to the weirder aspects of the the plot, which is basically Bill and Ted's spirits are trying to get back into their bodies, and by just happenstance and by just wacky ideas, they accidentally get sent to hell. Yeah. And then from that point forward, their goal is to get out of hell, get back to their bodies, and save the babes and make sure that the Battle of Bands happens. <laughs> and that is the plot of Bill and Ted 2. Yeah. Which is like, so like I... Well, and the best the best part of that is in contrast to the first film where they're told, like when, when Rufus, when they first meet Rufus in the first film, he basically lays it all out for him. He's like, this is what you have to go do. Yeah. So you can save your grade and save the world, kind of. Um, And in this one, you don't really get that. You don't really get any sense of how they're going to do what they need to do. Yeah, that's the just They die, and then they're like, oh, we got to get back. It's like, wait, can you even do that? You're dead. Yeah, that's that's the weird thing, too, (laughs) is... uh, go back? Rufus in the first film is, you you make a good point, is basically telling the audience, this is the film. Yeah. If you don't like this, that is up to you. But like, we are just going to tell you upright. This is the time <laughs> of film it is. But Rufus in the second film only shows up in the beginning for about five minutes, and then, spoiler alert, shows up at the end. Yeah. Uh, after we will get to that later, but after <laughs> pretending to be Pam Greer for oh, yeah. a few scenes. Yeah, it's another thing. It's like, uh, it's. But yeah, it's it's weird because like they they do you know we have Carlin, we have Keanu, we have Alex. They're all back. They recasted the babes, which is not a big deal because they're just, you know, they were not a huge character in the first film. Um, But yeah, uh, it's it's fun to listen to. I think Alex Winter talked about, like, at a certain point, whether it's during the production of Excellent Adventure or when it came out, Ed Solomon, Chris Matheson, the writers, and Keanu and Alex 
all four of them basically made a pact to say, like, we do not have to ever come back to these characters, but if we do feel like this is the right way to go with, like, a sequel, we will come back together and we will fight for this film. Right. And apparently, at some point, both writers took Alex and Keanu to a Chinese restaurant <laughs> and pitched them the idea to Bill and Ted Goes to Hell, which yep. is what Bogus Journey ends up becoming. Mm-hmm. And it's very... Again, we I talked about it last week, but as, as a personal favorite in terms of, I guess, art in general, especially when it comes to the visual medium, I just prefer hitting for the fence every sure. time. And this film is just like doing something I never would have thought. Like if I was a kid and you asked me, like, what should the sequel of Bill and Ted be? Them going to hell is not even yeah. not even top of that. And even then, like, there's more to the story than them going to hell because they also... <laughs> They go to heaven. They go to heaven. Uh, they meet aliens. They meet aliens who are in heaven, but like it's easy for them to take out of heaven. <laughs> yeah. Like it's like one of those things where it's like, and also, I don't know how if we want to get to this right now, but like they do have one of my favorite characters in this whole film. Oh yeah, is, we can circle back. Yeah, <laughs> we can circle back to that. Uh, we, but we will come back to that later. But yeah, the the, the plot itself is just already it's it's asking it's asking the audience to be like. If you really do love these characters, just let us tell the story. Yeah. And and if you do love these characters, there are great character moments and great new characters that fit with these characters well. It's just that overall the plot does feel sloppier overall. Yeah. It and is yeah, when you're when you're going all in on so many different things, that's oh, kind yeah. of bound to happen. For sure. Um but yeah, I mean the the, the first Bill and Ted, once you get past kind of the basic premise of like, you know, two you know, teenage idiots doing time travel to do a history project. Once you get past that, it's mm-hmm. a fairly straightforward, you know, kind of odd comedy. Yeah. This one, I mean, the entire thing beginning to end is conceptually bizarre. And, like, yeah. almost every decision they make along the way is strange and yeah. weird in its own different way. I mean, they do the whole, before they even go to hell, they do the whole, like, oh, we're spirits on the the... You know, we're existing parallel to yeah, to, that, rea- to reality, interacting with reality, but we nobody knows we're here. We can't be seen, but we can see everybody else. Yeah, that's probably the part of the film, in my opinion, that drags the most. Because yeah. you're like, just kind of waiting for yeah. them to figure out, oh, we got to yeah. go do something. So, look, that's one of the weird things, too, is like, you know, uh, this was the first Bill and Ted film I saw. Because <laughs> similar to Excellent Adventure, this was a film that was on HBO all the time. So, yeah. like, I remember like flipping through HBO seeing the finale of this film. I had no context, but I stayed on the finale, and I was like, oh, this must be what Bill and Ted is. And it took me years to realize, like, nope, this is a part of Bill and Ted, but, like, this isn't the Bill and Ted most people think of when they talk about the love for it. However, there is, like, there is a bit of a cult kind of dedicated fan base to this. Oh, yeah. Which I agree, because I am one of those people, I will fight for this film. This film is... Yeah, and it's something else. And uh, I mean, D- Death is a major character, mm. like the Grim Reaper, essentially, yes. um, played by uh, William Sadler. Who and he <sighs> he's like become an iconic part of the Bill and Ted yes. fan base. The Grim Reaper himself has become like it's yeah. not it's not even like I think at this point, like the comics do it too. They're like a trio. Yeah, it's almost it's, like he's, it's Bill he's Ted kind of the Death. new Rufus, or <laughs> yeah. like he kind of like. <laughs> You know, he's the almost, not exactly the straight man, but he's, you know, yeah. kind of, you're watching him react to these two guys all uh, throughout the whole movie because yeah. he's paired up with them. William Sadler, who is who has done so many different films over the years, like, 
I know him from, you know, doing Naked Karate and Die Hard 2. <laughs> I know him as, like, one of the best side characters in, like, Shawshank Redemption. Yeah. You you brought up that your initial response was he's the president in Iron Man three. <laughs> yeah. Like he's just he spans that was probably the last big thing I saw him in. Yeah, he's yeah. he's he just spans so many different films and so many different genres. So it's like seeing him in this, it's astounding just how much love and care he puts into this version yeah. of death. Well, Where and it, it's interesting also seeing some of the the I- interviews in promoting face yeah. the music. Um, to hear Alex Winter and Keanu Reeves talk about him. Like, just this oh, yeah. brilliant guy yeah. who goes all in on this kind of ridiculous, goofy character, yeah. characterization of death, and he's just all about it, and he's ad-libbing, yeah. and throwing everything <laughs> he can at it. Which is so fantastic, where it's like, he cares about this yeah. character so much, he's putting so much into... Which is honestly just a parody of the Seventh Seal. Like oh, he is, yeah, he exists he for the purpose of parodying the Seventh, seventh Seal. Seal yeah. Which is so weird that, like, again, that's also a thing that I, I love about this film is like, over the years, especially the more we, the more I've heard about Alex Winter talk or see Keanu stuff and like what Keanu likes in films, and now seeing like where the origins of Bill and Ted are, you can see like all the things that they like in these films where it's oh, like yeah. they love horror. They love wacky, like, they love kind of bizarre, twisted humor. Kind of, yeah, twisted, like, dark humor. They love old school cinema, because, like, one of the biggest moments in this film <laughs> is another parody of Seventh Seal, but it's in perfect Bill and Ted fashion. Honestly, for me, what seals the film's deal for me is death and this scene. There are other great scenes in this film, but, like... Yeah. I love death as a character in this movie, and I also love how they get their bodies back. <laughs> the uh, plane for their bodies is fantastic. Oh, yeah, where because uh, like basically in the film, once they go to hell, they're in hell for a while. <laughs> they go to their own personal hells, which is genuinely creepy. And like, if you're a kid, I can see you being kind of horrified by like an evil like animatronic rabbit <laughs> that talks to Ted, or like. Bill Bill's like old grandma who's been dead for years just wants to smooch oh, and she's and she's played by Alex Winter in makeup. Yeah, <laughs> it's like well, this. and you you like almost unrecognizable, but there's just something about the mannerisms yeah. where you're like, wait a minute, is that Alex Winter? And they and they shoot like there's a there's a shot where they when they leave their personal house they get stuck in like this uh, in like in this hallway and oh, then it's this like series of corridors yeah and you see like you see all their uh, personal hells come back to follow them and they light it with a bright light behind them with the color associated mm-hmm. with that hell and they're like they're silhouetted yeah. which is even creepier it's, it's like, visually pretty effective i, I never as, like, thought i would be so creeped out by an animatronic rabbit that's like <laughs> half the size of my leg like just a quarter size of my leg yeah. but like the way they shoot the scene it's like this is so weird, and I love that. Yeah, <laughs> that, that whole sequence in Hell is very, and especially when they go into their kind of personal hells, yeah. you get this weird, almost Dr. Seuss kind of perspective is abstracted, oh and the, the very, doors are crooked, very and the chairs are... Oh, oh my hugely God. Burton-esque, especially, it's I'm, interesting to think about, because, like, you know, uh, Excellent Adventure came out, what, the same year as... Batman, Tim Burton's Batman. I think right? it was the, it's the same year or year before. I think so. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yo, it is because it's Batman '89. No one still calls it Batman '90. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, you're right. And uh, 
And then, you know, two years, let's see, Returns was 91, wasn't it? Or 92? I think it was either a year or a year or two after. Yeah. So it was probably, this, it might have been the same so year. You're, you're kind of seeing the, <laughs> you, see, yeah. you almost see kind of Burton's influence well, on stuff well, in this movie. It's so weird, though. It's like it's like the Burton influence that is like in Pee-wee's Big, Pee-wee's yeah. Big Adventure and yeah. like would end up being in Edward Scissorhands, like this weird, kind of, like. It's like a perversion of like child Art, Art Deco aesthetics. almost. It's like, yeah. it's like a perversion of like Norman Rockwell, like kind of painting. Yeah. It's like, it's like what would a, how would a kid see, like how would a kid visualize yeah. a horror movie? Because, like, yeah, because in the, in a certain shot where Ted goes into his own personal hell, he turns okay. into a kid. Yeah. The whole room is pink and everything is gigantic. Like the yeah. windows are huge. The door is like slanted weird at the top. Like it's. Yeah, they're, everything is like crooked and weird. Yeah. It's like almost The music cubist, is creepy. Like, like it's. Picasso looking oh stuff. Oh my God. It's so. And it's like in that whole hell is just like it's his guilt for eating chocolate from his brother when he was super young. It's like it's like such a like a, it's like funny on its own that like that's what Ted's like personal demon is. Yeah. He ate Deacon's chocolate when he was a baby. Like, it's like it's like good lord, it perfectly. I mean, again, but yeah, that that the whole sequence is yeah. so visually striking. I was so impressed by that. Yeah, because I like, mean, the first film shit. is a good looking movie, but it's not really you mm-hmm. know going for anything wild. Oh yeah in the cinematography or set design. And this one puts so much mm-hmm. emphasis on its art direction and set design. It's, I mean, it really pays off because those, those sequences in hell are probably my favorite part of the movie. I would, that would, that makes sense. I do love those sequences. I think for me, it's just like, I think one of the reasons why I think this film deserves a little bit more love than people give it credit for mm-hmm. is like, they still keep Bill and Ted the way that they are. Oh yeah. They're like, consistent. Well, like this film shows that you could literally put Bill and Ted in any wacky situation. And if it's written well enough, it works because these characters are just so much fun. Yeah. They're not, they don't, they don't actually, they, they change a bit between excellent adventure and bogus journey as, as in they, they grow up. Yeah. They get more like what happens at the end of Excellent Adventure where they're worried that they're not ready to become the band of the future needs. Mm-hmm. In Bogus Journey, that and that feeling gets bigger because yeah. they're they're living they're working dead end jobs at was it cheese and pretzels? Yeah. Or pretzels Ti- and yeah. cheese. Time is like passing them by and nothing yeah. has really changed for them. And yeah, like, like we're still kinda losers. Yeah. Like where is this prophecy? Like since they know that like there is a prophecy around them, they just don't know when it is and yeah. it, it kinda eats them up. And it's like yeah. it's like, it's like if you shit. knew like, the date and time of your death but you didn't know how yeah you're just waiting um, <laughs> and it's also like their family is just basically waiting them for fail yeah. which is like it's like his ted's dad is still like waiting for him to fail so he can go to alaska to military mm-hmm. school even though ted's like an adult now he doesn't have to, he doesn't have to be forced into that anymore <laughs> yeah. but it's like okay whatever but he's still haunted by that kind of oh yeah the resentment and pressure yeah. from his father uh i think and but also, I mean, if we're gonna talk about that moment, because like they basically have, I think it's was it the five hundred and twenty first birthday, of, like they have like a birthday party for the babes. Oh, but like, yeah. but like they they put like what their actual ages, which is like five hundred and twenty one. Because they're yeah, they're, yeah, they're like medieval babes. Yeah, and like and at that party you have, which I think in my opinion is the best joke in the film, but also the best reoccurring gag is that you find out that uh. Bill's stepmom, Missy, is not a stepmom anymore. In fact, <laughs> she is now Ted's stepmom. She is she has divorced Bill's dad and gone on to Ted's, Ted's dad. dad. Yeah. And like Bill's dad is in the corner fucking just sobbing. Just like depressed. Like, yeah. like drinking heavily. 
and like Ted's dad is like getting a weirdly freaky when they kiss in front of like Bill and Ted and like I think Ted at one point goes like that's your mom dude and Bill's like no man that's it's your mom, mom. And I was like whoa it's like it's the best joke they're like cause that's there is another thing that I have with Bogus Journey that I'm like, ah, you didn't have to do that, and it's okay. It's like they do bring a lot of the big joke moments from the first one back, and it's not like verbatim yeah. when they use it, but they still feel like, oh, you're just you're kind of you kind of are just taking that. Yeah, there's a tiny bit of like Hangover Two syndrome. Yeah, kind of copying and pasting, and but uh, I think and that that's and, easy enough to kind of overlook when you're looking at how it just out there and wild the rest of the movie. Well, that's the thing, too, is, like, it, it sticks out to me because of how because, weird the rest yeah, of the film is, because, it's, like... It's a sore thumb. Because, like, again, in the first film, there's an, like, an you gay scene when they're in the medieval era, like, the whole fake out. Yeah. And they have that, they have yeah. a scene like this in the film where, like, and it's, and it's funny to an extent because it's, like, Bill and Ted believe that the only thing that the evil Bill and Ted's need is, like, to hear that they love them. Yeah. And so, like, Ted's, like, evil us's we love you. And then both the evil versions go like, gay, and like yeah. just drop them. And it's like, that works well enough, I guess. But again, I'm just thinking about how much, I guess, better, per se, it's done yeah. in the first film. And a lot of those jokes, especially at the ending, because at the ending, they, they do a they, they, they do a callback to the police uh, station gag, mm-hmm. where it's like, they once we do this, we can go into the future and we'll do this. Right. And, and, like, Dina Molos is, like, going back He's and forth already too. thinking that, too. Yeah, they're so doing they're, 4D chess between each other. Yeah, one-upping each other with their time travel prep. And it's so... For, and it just doesn't work as well as the first one. Because yeah. it's, like, it's like that... that uh, the letter's been opened. You can't you can't reseal yeah, it. You I don't want to like... say they're like jumping the shark because this movie succeeds mostly on going yeah. that much further than the first movie. But because when it, you're just kind of replaying the same yeah. thing to a higher degree. Yeah. It doesn't really work. The only the best gag the best gag in that whole like, no, we went in the future farther than you when we did this <laughs> is when they like like Dina Mullis pulls out a second gun and they and they like said like we set up the gun and we changed the ammo. And it's yeah, like he fires the gun and yeah, it says bang flag yeah, or whatever. Like wild stallion. Or wild stallions. Rules. Yeah. yeah it's, it's like the like a prank gun. Yeah, and like again, a lot of the reasons why this it doesn't it doesn't make me groan as much is because Keanu and Alex are fully committed and they commit to every single joke, yeah. as if it's like original. When they they obviously know it's not, but they are they are playing these characters so well that it's yeah. just like uh, it's 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 I don't know it's it's just such a good movie, but like it does get held back by its connection to Excellent Adventure a little bit comedically yeah. because some of the funniest parts in this film. It's like just the abstract ideas of like Bill and Ted have to sneak into heaven with the Grim yeah, Reaper. Yeah, it's it's the events. F- the comedy of the film comes from like the events. That yeah, the movie kind of dares to present you with. Yeah, it's just like seriously, these guys are talking to you know yeah. death and God and mm-hmm. Satan. The, it's like the, this is wild. The funniest scene, which I think is probably I think it's probably funnier than anything in Excellent Adventure, and it's the best scene in this entire film, is when they basically are stuck in hell and they think the only way they can get out of their own <laughs> personal hells is to challenge death to a game. Right. And like when you hear this, like this yeah, is where they're yeah, riffing it, it on. death death says like if you lose, you're mine forever, but if you win, I will help you out. Yeah. Like I will basically be yours. It's like a Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy situation. Yeah. And what they do is you think, like, oh, what game are they going to play? And it just cuts to this long table, super blue lighting with, like, a big, like, like window. with like a over, Yeah, it's like yeah. an overexposed light coming through the window. 
and they're playing Battleship. <laughs> and they are killing death at Battleship. Oh, yeah. And it's one of the best moments in the film because it, it's almost like it hasn't forgotten what it is. Yeah. Like, in the hell scene, it's great because it's like it's doing something completely different and it feels like it's entirely original and it's having a fun time with Bill and Ted. But there is a little lack of comedy in those scenes so it's like is this going to be a straight up drama in moments mm. and then it cuts to stuff like this yeah and then from this point forward honestly from when they beat death they beat death in twister they beat death in like this <laughs> electronic football game yeah. and probably the best moment is the final thing that they play with death is twister yeah they play twister with death and death is such a petty bitch that he is like <laughs> trying to cheat yeah. at every moment and like at one well, point, like call him on on whatever he's yeah. doing. He's like, no, I didn't. Yeah, no, he's like just a bold face. Like, dude, death, uh, come on. You can yeah, like the best part is like they beat death at Battleship, and he goes best three out of five. Yeah. And then they beat him at the football game, and he goes, they go five out of seven. Yeah, he goes, damn right. <laughs> like, and then when they're playing Twister, death at one point shoves his foot in Bill's face. Yeah, to he's try. Like, and oh, dude, him. this rank. What? It's like. <laughs> It is like, what the fuck is this movie? Yeah. And it's like, oh, it's Bill and Ted's bogus journey. Like, of it's not course. trying to be anything more than Bill and Ted's yeah. bogus journey. And it's just, from that point forward, to me, because, like, before that, you have the scenes where it's like, they they just have died, their spirits are now still on the physical plane, and they're trying to get back to their bodies. But at the same time, they're trying to have wacky antics. Mm-hmm. Like, the first thing they think they should do is like, oh, maybe we should go to my dad. And like I can, I can like take over his body and tell the police force to go look for our bodies. Yeah, and, and I, that, that yeah, yeah. No, I, I you can go ahead. I think I know what you're gonna say. Though. Well, that sequence simultaneously kind of drags because it's like a you mm-hmm. know a, a not inconsequential, but like they don't end up succeeding in that route. So they kind yeah. of end up having to backpedal. But at the same time, it also has one of my favorite moments of the film, which is. Um, Ted's dad. Yeah. Um, I can't remember who the actor is. Hal uh, Landon Jr. Hal Landon Jr. And he's uh, so so Ted's Ted possess Ted's spirit possesses his dad yeah. to try and convince, I guess, the police force to go mm-hmm. um, stop Robo Ted and, and yeah. Robo Bill. And uh, so he's yeah. he is now Ted's dad is emulating. Keanu Reeves' performance as Ted. Oh, yeah. And it's perfect. Yeah, for me, I I, I thought I remembered they dubbed him with Keanu. You but think that's, that at first. But it's not at all. It yeah. is just, it is the actor who plays Ted's dad perfectly capturing Ted's character yeah. and playing... From the voice to the mannerisms yeah. to the, how he moves around. Yeah, he's moving like he's a meat puppet. So yeah. it's like he's like, he, like Ted's trying to figure out how to move in his dad's body. Yeah. and It's such an awesome yeah. scene it's probably yeah. one of my favorite moments of like you know one actor imp- yeah no, doing yeah. an impression of another actor especially when Lo- especially when ted's dad is mainly kind of like is an obstacle for ted most and you, yeah. you don't see him in a funny light that often so when yeah. you see him do that it's funny because he like it shows that he is he can be very physical and very comedic yeah. if that character was given the chance but he's a straight edge of yeah. course it's not going to be and then but, it's and then it's kind of sharply contrasted by the the police chief or whatever that that bill takes over yeah but, and yeah. it's just not it's not up to the same like, hey guys yeah. like yeah it's like he's like he's he's doing fine but compared he's to sure, hal it's yeah. like not hal is just perfect yeah and then like when they when they do that it's like no one's listening to us wait 
uh, we know that Missy is really into spiritual stuff. Oh, yeah. And they just so happen to show up when Missy's having a seance <laughs> with a bunch of her, like, weird friends. And, like, they pretend to be, like, evil... Well, they, they don't try to be evil spirits, but they come off, come across as evil spirits trying to warn them about Bill and Ted. Yeah. And then Missy pulls out a book of the demons, or, like, and how to, like, send evil spirits oh, to yeah. hell. Yeah. And uh, and they send them to hell, and the scene just feels a minute or two too long. <laughs> because they do have a scene where it's like, again, it's another gag that almost uh, mirrors the first film, where it's like in the first film, there's a, when Missy is first semi-introduced, per se, she comes in with food, yeah. and like they see kind of down her shirt, and they're just kind of, they're just dudes. They're just like, they're just like monkey, <laughs> their monkey brain took over at that time, and and in this film, they have another moment where they're looking down her shirt, but it feels a lot more scummy than it does in the first film. And it's like, it's like, oh man, I don't know why. Why would you? Do... Yeah, it says. Uh... <laughs> oh, that's actually how they get to hell. Yeah, that's how they. Is, yeah, that's, that was Missy the... sends because yeah. yeah, after they become their spirit yeah. forms, after they're killed, they go and try and yeah. go back to their homes so or whatever. That's that's probably one of the weirdest like uh, <laughs> like treasure hunts of the film. Is like, how do they get to hell? And you're like, oh. They're dead. Death's going to take their spirits, and they're going to have to play them in a game of chess or whatever. And it's yeah. like, no, actually, what they do is they give Death a massive wedgie that he he like gets incapacitated, and, and they, they just run away. Him. Yeah. yeah, and then like they just end up in hell on accident. Yeah, because and Missy's then, seance yeah. and her ability to which cast is, away demons, which is just another thing added onto her character yeah. that was never in the first film, but it's okay. <laughs> and then yeah. <laughs> And then they meet Satan, which is I yeah. think their and they, version they kind of try pretty... to they kind of try to sweet talk Satan, yeah, and that doesn't work out in their favor, and that's when they end up going to their personal hells. Yes, and it's and like that's a great there's, there's a good Bill and Ted moment where they think the only way that the devil will listen to them is if they do like horns with their fingers. <laughs> yeah, they do the like and do rock like rock hands. and hand like rock and roll hands, and it's like rock horns. Of course, a bunch of rock nuts thinking that's the only thing he listens, yeah. like the only thing he'll listen to, but. Yeah, the whole first half of the film is like has a lot of great moments, great lines at times. Uh, is is fun to watch, but it very discombobulated. It is noticeably dragged. Like compared yeah. to the first film, where it's like in the first film, I could say like one of the scenes maybe drags, but in reality, it doesn't. It's a tight ninety. In yeah. this film, there are genuinely scenes that drag and feel like, all right, where is this kind of going? Yeah. And then you see where it goes and goes, oh okay. Well, now I'm more interested because like it has led to something. Mm-hmm. But at the second half, as soon as they beat Death at Twister, the movie goes even farther in the other direction. Yeah, you would think and at that point that great. that would be enough story content for a whole yeah. movie. Yeah. I mean, of course, you're only like halfway done with the movie at that point. But it's like, just how much is jam-packed into this movie is yeah, we, we insane. Yeah, we haven't even talked about, like, the film actually cuts back and forth from good Bill and Ted to evil Bill and Ted. Yeah. And, like, at one point when they're spirits, they go back to their apartment to see evil Bill and Ted... And evil Bill and Ted are just being like these weird, horrible people to like their girlfriends. Yeah, they're it's like, like antagonizing. They're like, come the on, babes. they're like, come on, let's bone. Like they're just doing that. And like, one of my favorite moments is in that where it's like uh, Bill's babe, which I think is Jessica. I think is her name Joanna. Oh, it's Joanna. That's right. It's Joanna. Yeah, yeah. Joanna and Elizabeth. Yeah. So Joanna's like, no, we're not going to do that. And Bill's like, yeah, Joanna, stick up for yourself. <laughs> and it's like, all right, good cool. for them. And they're like, yeah, and. And it's it's just weird because like it's every now and again when like it gets to the wacky stuff with good Bill and Ted, it'll come back to yeah. evil Bill and Ted just doing silly shit like 
taking off their heads and dunking it into like a basket, <laughs> like an office basketball basket, and like they and like you yeah, have goofy moments where like Ted's talking or Bill's talking to Ted while his head's in the trash can, and like again, like Alex and Alex and Keanu kill it as evil Bill and Ted. Oh yeah. Like, they know these characters so well that they could be dickhole versions of them right. incredibly well. And uh, these are also one of the only moments where we see Dean Namolos, because Dean Namolos, similar to Rufus, just barely shows up in the film. For yeah. being the main antagonist, he's very I, little. I, I mean, I in... guess in the sense, I guess Evil Bill and Ted are the real antagonists, uh, yeah. and Dean Namolos, Dean Amolos, whatever, he is just kind of the, the puppet master orchestrating it all, but... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he does. For for a movie trying to kind of shoehorn in a villain when the first film yeah. had none, it doesn't really give him a lot of time. On yeah, the screen. and it's and when he when he shows up in the finale as the haha, it was I who made the evil yeah. versions. It's like we Bill just, and yeah. Bill and Ted just don't care. Like, yeah, like, they don't care. We don't it's like, care. Whatever, man. We got to play. Like, get out of here. <laughs> And then he gets arrested. Yeah, and then they, yeah, he gets arrested by Ted's dad, as if Ted's dad was in the side. Like, yeah, like he's, like, a, he's a hero. Yeah. <laughs> uh, nice job, Dad. But, <laughs> it's like, uh... Yeah, but the, the weirdest, arguably the weirdest two elements of the movie oh, come yes. in the latter half after it, they've escaped, or, you know, this de- is, death helps them get back. This is where the film tries to really test my, are you really to take whatever idea we throw yeah. at you? And I go, yeah, sure. So when they leave death... They go when they leave hell. hell. When they leave hell, they go whoa, death! Like we won't. We're just gonna die again if we go up against our evil selves. We need somebody to help us build robot uses. I love that. That's just their their first conclusion because they're like, well, we're fighting robot Robot uses, uses. so So let's fight them with robot. We need good robot uses, and so like, can you can you send us to like? One of the most intelligent the, scientists in like the world. The, yeah, the smartest person in the universe. And so basically. they go to heaven. Yeah. Their death, version death. of heaven is wonderfully bonkers. Yeah. We're very similar to hell. There does seem to be, like, they do kind of visually uh, establish that there are multiple, like, personal heavens. Because there's, like, yeah. different, there's, like, different, like plates that are floating across this yeah the main it's the hard main to explain heaven, you just main, have to see it the it's main like, heaven that they walk into is almost sort of a way station yeah, where yeah, pe- yeah. people coming from it's the pearly gates life coming is, from life yeah. are kind of coming through and getting checked in mm-hmm. getting approved and then sent off to their kind of personal heaven. yeah and so they beat up three people who were just minding their own business in heaven <laughs> so they can pretend to be he- they people on their way to eternal yeah. paradise and, and they do the very goofy looney tunes thing like hey guys we need to show you something off screen they go off screen punching yeah punching like, noises you can yeah. practically see the the dust storm <laughs> yeah. with legs and arms and then they out. come out and like death is dressed up as a woman the mm-hmm. other two are like dressed in overalls yeah. and like a suit well and everybody in heaven wears like pastel like, yeah like a lavender, pastel blue like lavender, blue and yeah. purple and white and so they're all dressed up in this color scheme the, now and which is again just the the art design, the costume it's design. Wild. It's very obvious they had more money. They <laughs> went over the top in such a great way yeah. that it's like So yeah, they go to the pearly gates. They and of uh, course of course death being death, being the kind of arbiter of yeah. you know, the guide taking people to the to the uh-huh. nether region. Um he uh has to 
disguise himself in heaven so that nobody in heaven recognizes <laughs> so him. Disguise himself as a woman. Dressed as an old woman. And Will, William Sadler puts on a female voice, per se, and <laughs> he's it's like, wonderful. He's like, a falsetto kind Yeah, of. he's like, he's talking like this. Like, and, it, like, it adds anything. Yeah, and so, like, they, you know, they get checked in by this guy, and they, know, they're, they're trying to go see God. Yeah, and they, they recite God. lines. Like, what is the, they, they are asked, what is the mean of life? And all three of them recite lines from every rose has its thorns. Yep. And uh, every and single one of them. Because it's like, oh, Bill and Ted, when they do it, of course they do. But then Death gets death in on it, and he it. does it in his high falsetto, and it's like, <laughs> oh, that's great. Well, and that's, of course, kind of a, a doubling down or a swinging back around to the, yeah. the kind of dust in the wind thing with yes. Socrates in yes. the first film. Um, um, and so, so, you know, they negotiate with God to be introduced to the smartest being in the universe. And, of course, God is like... Wait a minute. Points at death and is like, "Don't I know you?" Yeah. Although it's like, oh, that that's like the guy at the gate. Oh, okay. it's, uh, I think Don't they both do it? Well, I I, uh, I think uh, his name is I think Taj Mahal. Oh, Taj, yeah, Taj Mahal. Yeah, he's the gatekeeper. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he 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 goes. Wait, do I know you? And he's like, "No." <laughs> he just like walks away. And then it, I think when he is in front of God, he. I think he says he's sorry or something. He's like, oh, uh, no, yeah, 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 yeah. Once he's in front of God, he basically fesses up. Yeah, and he's like, like, sorry for doing this to you. Sorry for imposing on you, God. Yeah, and like, and. They have my hands tied. They have, like, of course, it is an obvious choice. They have a stairway to heaven to, like, this beautiful, be- mm-hmm. big light. And that God, big light is yeah, God. God gives them a map to heaven to find the most, <laughs> f- like, most intelligent scientist in the wor- in the universe. Yeah. And then they go to this white room where a bunch of figures or just, like, angels are at. Like, you have, like, Albert Einstein, you have Benjamin Franklin, Mm -hmm. and you get introduced (laughs) to the scientists. And they are two two waist-high aliens. Yeah. Who they, are playing charades with Ben Franklin and Albert Einstein. And they've just got all these historical geniuses enamored by them. They look like something out of a Jim Henson film. Oh, yeah. They, like, they look, look like something... Jim Henson, they look like a Dark Crystal-type crystal. characters. Yeah, they're these squatty little kind of potato-looking yeah. creatures yeah, they're with like, spindly arms and legs. They, they're hairy potatoes with big noses and little arms and little legs. Yeah. They're, it's and like they, E.T. crossed with... And, gym, like, yeah. I don't know. Because they don't... They can only say one thing and that's their name which is station Station. this these two are just called station and every time they talk they just go station yeah they're they're like and it's like okay yeah it's like oh and then one of the best lines too is like death goes what you thought the most intelligent scientist in the universe was from earth it's like okay fair enough (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's a cute little line and then like so they're like station we need your help like they're gonna kill our girlfriends like we gotta win the battle of ants can you help us and station Station's goes just like, on board. Yeah, Station's in heaven. He had, they have no reason to come with them. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, Station. Yeah. <laughs> and they go with them. And so the, the Motley crew ends up being Bill, Ted, Death, Station. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like this, it is a film where it's like, I do not know how you fucking sold this to anybody. <laughs> where it's like, it's like, because like, it's almost in the second half, kind of a different film. Not in a yeah. bad way. But it's like, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, oh, I like the hell part, but the whole like, walking hairy potato nutsack aliens that are like they're like coming with them as the scientists like it doesn't i mean they're i guess cute in a way but they're just they're horrifying i was gonna say i was gonna say uh adam adam watched this with us because we did excellent venture bogus journey back to back and adam was i think genuinely horrified when he's well especially their later 
their greater form. Oh, do we want to do that now or do we want to like? Well, let's kind of let's kind of get to it. So um, yeah, so like they basically go to like a Ace Hardware type store, and like Station is just picking up garden hoses, dust busters, yeah, just random random the... coils. Yeah. Which I think, which while they're doing it, comes to one of the best, probably the most subtle, probably one of the funniest lines that Death says. While they're doing this, there's this dude in a leather jacket who is smoking, played by the director, Pete, oh. uh, Pete Hewitt. Uh, yeah, yeah, Pete, Pete Hewitt. Hewitt. Uh, he is smoking in like inside like this Ace Hardware store, and like Station is not trying to hide or anything. It's just <laughs> these two hairy potatoes with legs, just like going through taking all this stuff. They walk by, uh, the smoker gets weirded out, and then Death like grabs his shoulder and goes, see you soon. And then just walks away. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, that's such a good line where it's like, yeah. Death is still technically working, per se. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, then, then they hop in the the, van, the Wild Stallions mobile. Oh, they don't, they don't hop in just yet. So they get all their stuff from, these, from this Ace Hardware store, and then both stations just walk over. To a random part of this like parking oh, lot, yeah, they do that, and they before. start like doing Ugh. like this like bull like ready to run in each other notion, and like Bill and Terry like station, what are you what doing? Are you guys, guys, stop it! And both stations run into each other, smack head first, yeah. and turn into a giant, like, like eight foot tall, yeah, like a seven foot tall like. Like, human arm, like hairy looks human like arms. like a hairless Chewbacca yeah. kind of. Like, and turns into a big station. Like yeah. he just becomes like this big, ver- and it's like. And if you were creeped out by the two roll stations, <laughs> this one is horrifying. He's this like, one, it's like, he could be a monster in like an 80s it's, horror movie. It's literally a dude, it's like body body structure wise, he just looks like a dude. It's a really the head. Dude. It's the head that like, tur- it's still yeah. station's head, but it's like. It's like this regular- no neck, big yeah. head, giant nose, nasty teeth. It's like a regular. Regular, it's like it's, it's like if a regular person just had like a Jim like a, a Jim Henson creature on its head, like <laughs> yeah. it, just, it, it just looks even weirder than the two hairy potato guys yeah. that Station was initially. It's but I absolutely, I absolutely love Station. <laughs> Station is great because for some reason, despite the fact that there is a obvious intelligence gap between Bill and Ted and both versions, both Station, uh, they love each other so yeah. much. Like they just. They vibe so well. Like I think when Big Station is uh, in the van, because they do, he they they hop in the van yeah. to go to battle the bands. Yeah. So that and and so that uh, Station can start building. Yeah. Station robots Station is building time. robot uses on their way to the battle of the bands in the and, back of the van. yeah. <laughs> and while he's building, like he looks at Bill and Ted, I think at one point and does like the air guitar. Yeah. With his so like meaty sauce. <laughs> yes. Jim Henson. And he goes like, <laughs> it's yeah. like, oh my god, like. They're just a motley crew that, uh, for some reason, work, and I love it so much. Yeah, it's so weird that you have the Grim Reaper, a giant hairy alien, and Keanu Reeves and Alex Winter, and all three of them just vibe. <laughs> they vibe in a way that you could never think unless yeah. it was these characters and these writers writing these characters, and it's just so much fun. There's, yeah. there's, I, uh, it's so good. I love <laughs> Station. Station <laughs> is a wild but welcome addition. Uh, yeah, I I would love to be in a theater at the opening of Bogus Journey oh, yeah. to hear people's reaction to Station. Well, yeah, because it's it's one of those things like when that when I first came across, you know, when you were we were I was this was my yeah. first time watching it. When we watched yeah, that was the thing too. Is like I grew up on when, the first one but never watched yeah, the when sequel. We, when we did our double feature, like we said last episode. We had all seen Excellent Adventure, yeah. But I was the only one who had seen Bogus Journey in mm-hmm. full. 
So you and I mean Adam's reaction, your reaction were so genuine. Yeah. That I that made the experience even more fun for me because it was like, oh, that's right. You guys had no idea fucking Station was in this movie. Right. <laughs> well, I, like, I think I think we all appreciated Station, but it was like when it when it got to that moment, especially when they merged together, that's when it clicked for me, and I was like, oh, this is why this movie didn't do as well <laughs> because there's this giant meat puppet oh, that just says nothing but his name. Great, the what's whole so time. great too is that one. I think I remember when we, we got to that scene in the film because like. I was like giggly. I was giddy because I knew, and you're like, "Why are you giddy?" It's like you Just gotta giddy. see, you gotta see. And like Adam's like, "What are you talking about?" And then when it happens, Adam is horrified. You're going, "What the fuck just happened?" And I'm like, "Yes, big station, station. <laughs> big station, station." And he like has this. He goes from like station to yeah. station. Like yeah. he gets like the super low voice, and Just, uh, and he he reminds uh, me of an in, like the '90s Ninja Turtles. He he reminds me of the villains, like right, the right. second those, one, those mutated yeah. like wolf creatures, Tokar and Razor like, yeah, from yeah. Secret of the Ooze. Yeah, it's like it's like I kind of want to love you, but you're disgusting. <laughs> yeah, you're you're gross, yeah. <laughs> but I kind of love you because yeah. you're so nice. Like that's the thing too is like Station's not mean. He's not like oh I'm better than you, no, Station. Yeah, like he's, he's a very... he is the most genuine. He is just as genuine as Bill and Ted. He's except a gentle you, giant. You can yeah you don't understand what he's saying. Like yeah, it's so good too. Just because like. He, he, every time he showed up afterwards, where it's like you think, "Oh, where is Station?" and then he'll pop up, yeah, in like the finale, and it's like Station helped out with this stuff, and it's like Station. <laughs> but like, what's great too is uh, he creates these robots out of like Wait, dust. Oh, okay. oh no, can you know, I say something about my anticipation of these ro- robot, these good robot uses? Yes, please. So, did you think they were just gonna make them again? I thought it was just going to be, you know, he they were running through the hardware store, he was going to grab everything off the shelf, and then, like, it they would cut to the completed robot, Bill and Ted, and they would be just like the evil ones. They yeah, would literally yeah. just be Keanu Reeves and, and Alex Winter standing there mm-hmm. um, in the flesh, and we would just pretend they were robots. Oh, no. But it's no. extremely creative, because the good robot uses are... Just like what you consider a robot, would they be. almost look like yeah. you know if somebody were to create a robot right now, yeah, to resemble somebody. That's like what it would look like, like. Uh, it's funny because like you see in the scene in the Ace Hardware store, they're getting dustbusters, they're getting this certain thing here and there, and you're like, Random how is this? How is exactly going to turn this to a robot? And then you see the finished project in the design and the characters. The dustbusters end up like Station uses the dustbusters to make like these Adidas esque shoes yeah, for yeah. them, and it's like it actually is the dustbuster. Like they made the, the yeah, like the, the, the costume the design is incredible. Yeah. The, the the it it's so crazy because like you see their fingers and they're made by like tubing. Oh yeah, and their, like, their arms are giant PVC tubes. Yeah, the, he gets PVC pipe. Yeah, he gets like all little, these things. Like, you know, nuts for eyes and stuff. Yeah, they and, get like these little, uh, and then like when they when they wake up, they do like a little bit of the robot, and then they go right into air guitar because <laughs> they're Bill and Ted, and it's like, it's so good. Yeah. It's uh, and what's so great too is like, it it shows. With Station, like, Station could probably make versions of Bill and Ted that look like the evil versions, but what's so great about it is, like, he just makes it as best as he can. Like, that's the thing, too, that's how Station's so cool, is, like, Station is given, like, a few hours to make these robots, and he makes them in, like, an hour. Yeah. Like, in this scene, it's just, like, this giant, hairy, seven-foot-tall dude in their back back (laughs) of their van opening boxes with his meat sausage fingers, like, putting this thing together. throwing stuff together. Oh, (laughs) there's Station... 
Oh, he's horrified. Oh, station's horrified when he... Yeah, two stations merge scene. <laughs> yes. That big, gummy smile. Yeah, it's, it's... I can understand why people, like, were not a fan of that. However, once you get past that initial hump... And like yeah. you go back and you watch it or you think about it, you you're not you're not horrified he's anymore. A, he's you're a very like, endearing character, yeah. And it kind of that kind of breaks the mm-hmm. the barrier of his horrifying appearance. And so we get to the the finale of yeah. the film, which the finale is the Battle of the Bands, which the which is I think one of the things that like I would guess is another I think a story complaint that I would have is like. They only have like from the, from the from them dying to get into the battle of bands. It's only a few hours. Yeah. Like I feel like they should have oh, needed. Yeah, they might have needed a few more days. It would have been more interesting to see how long Evil Bill and Ted could have wrecked their world if like, right. oh, the battle of bands is next week. And so like, <laughs> they wake up and like it's like been a few days and like it it, it kind of does kind of rush a bit at the end. Yeah, where it's, it's almost like okay, since we dragged in the beginning, now we got to rush to the finale. Yeah, it almost and, kind of makes it feel like all the all the ridiculous events yeah. they've been through is like oh that wasn't that big of a deal. Which, which like, apparently, really? when Keanu talks about it in the Rolling Stones interview, which if you haven't seen it, it's oh, on YouTube. There's yeah. a Rolling Stones interview with uh, led by Andy Green, who talks to both Alex Winter and Keanu Reeves about Face the Music, Bogus Journey, Excellent Adventure. Keanu, I mean, what, again, what I, I told you, like, when they're talking about Bogus Journey, he has a giant smile yeah, on his face. Yeah, he's standing he loves, ear to ear the whole and time. He, and he says he called, he called it, uh, behind the scenes, uh, Bill and Ted's omitted adventure. <laughs> because, like, they wanted to do some wild things. Mm-hmm. Like, I think he said there was initially, there might have been a car chase with giant rabbits. Like, the personal <laughs> hell rabbit bunny would have come back, but they would yeah. have been giant. And then, like, they would get calls from the from the production company to go, like, you can't do that. You don't have enough money. And, like, so, like, they are like they were, they would have to cut so mm-hmm. many things from the script because these, actually, I mean, I think it's one of the things that makes these films so endearing. These are huge, crazy stories that are very sci-fi, very weird, and they have to do it with very limited budget. Yeah. And they do it incredibly well. I mean, we'll have to see with Face the Music, but sure. I have I have good faith that they use their budget well for yeah. how wacky they get. And so they, they get to the Battle of the Bands, mm-hmm. and uh, Evil Bill and Ted are about to go on because basically early on in the film, uh, we didn't even bring her up, but uh, when we meet Bill and Ted, the real Bill and Ted, initially, they're, they are... Uh, they're auditioning for the... Yeah, they're auditioning for the Battle of the Bands, and they're awful. Uh, they've gotten a little bit better, but not that much. Mm-hmm. And uh, Pam Greer, who plays Miss Wardrobe, that's her name in the film. Wardrobe. Yeah. yeah. Is it Wardrobe? Yeah. Oh, it's, oh, Wardrobe. Yeah, like, yeah. sound, it sounds yeah. in the film like yeah. this is Wardrobe. Where she basically is like, you guys should not be given a chance, but you know what? I'm feeling generous. I will yeah. I will give you the midnight slot at the Battle of the Bands. And right. they go, excellent. And like... Well, and part and, of that's because the the babes are so good. Yeah, the babes They're great are great as a drummers yeah. and what are they drummer and Key, keyboardist? Keyboardist, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, and they they kill it. Yeah, Joanna Elizabeth does keyboard. And I think Joanna's the <laughs> the drum the yeah, drummer, and it's yeah. like they're killing it while Bill and Ted just <laughs> fucking suck on guitar. Yeah. And so they get to the battle of the bands. It becomes midnight, and as soon as like evil Bill and Ted try to, uh, well, that's another thing too is like. It's it's kind of set up during the audition scene that like Miss Miss Wardrow is like, listen guys, like you're not very good, so maybe to make up for that, like just make like make an event out of this. Oh uh, right. Yeah. And so the event ends up basically becoming evil Bill and Ted versus good Bill and Ted. Yeah. Like they basically show up and the audience goes, what the yeah of course fuck? of course it's the audience like, yeah thinks yeah. it's a show yeah they all think it's a part of it and uh, 
when they run into evil Bill and Ted, uh, they're like, we're just going to have to kill you again. And then kill the babes, which the babes are now, like, tied up in the yeah, rafters. Yeah, basically uh, tied to the train tracks yeah, type thing. If you, if, you, if you watched Excellent Adventure and like, oh, God, I hope they do more with the babes, they, they really don't. They're just <laughs> they're there again. Yeah, they're set dressing, which is, I would say, hopefully in Face the Music, they maybe talk about them more and, like, yeah. maybe their relationship. Because they genuinely... And they genuinely seem to love the babes. Yeah. Uh, and also, like, I'm currently reading the most recent versions of the comics, but, like, they do talk, like, how much they love them and how much oh, okay. they love, which we'll talk about. I mean, it, it's, it's just very, like, it's seeing them again. It's like, oh, cool, maybe they'll do something with them, and they really don't. Yeah. Uh, the only really scenes they get right before the Battle of the Bands is they're hanging out with Missy, which is weird but also funny that, like, <laughs> Missy is, like, their best friend. And then uh, Evil Bill and Ted shows up, like, sm- like smacks... No, he, like, they, Evil Bill and Ted, like, smack both the babes. Oh, yeah. And then, like, one of them takes off their head to, sc- like, scare the shit out of Missy. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, like, one of the last times we see mm-hmm. Missy. And so, like, it's Evil Bill and Ted versus Good Bill and Ted, and Evil Bill and Ted are, like, about to fight. And then all of a sudden, uh, good robot asses come through the brick yeah. wall. So now <laughs> there are three different versions of Bill and Ted. Yeah. And then, like, what's so great about that scene is as soon as those versions show up, both evil Bill and Ted just go like, well, guy, we met our match. Good job. <laughs> Making yeah, other yeah, versions just of yourself. Immediately, like, yeah, it's like, you know what? I, we hope you guys do well. And they just, like, for some reason, I have a change of heart. was like, you know what? We have to at least acknowledge that checkmate on, like, good good game on you. Yeah, and, then... and probably my favorite, like, my favorite line reading and moment is, like, Evil Bill and Ted go, catch you later, Bill and Ted. And then good Bill and Ted go, catch you later, Bill and Ted. Yeah, and then the robo, robo uses punch their heads off. Yeah, they uppercut yeah. their heads off. And they have sparks as they fly yeah. in the air, which is great. And then you're like, oh, cool. So that means, like, they'll do the Battle of the Bands and it's fine. Nope. Dean Amolos needs to show up. Yep, because he's the real villain. Yeah, in case you forgot, like... I almost did watching this, and I had seen Bocus Journey before. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's right, we have to do this scene. But Dina Molo shows up, takes over satellites to basically oh, yeah. put the Battle of the Bands internationally. Broadcast it everywhere. So like, yeah. it's like, it's in China, it's in, I think, Paris, it's in Rome, I think. Mm. It's like, you see three different international interpretations. You also see it in England. Where the uh, the English father who's watching it with his kid and his mo- and his wife is William Sadler pretending yeah. to be British, which is great. So yeah. he gets like two roles in this movie, and like he's basically like saying like Wild Stallions are bad. You're gonna follow me from now on, with like no one knowing what that fucking. There's means. no context. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not like they've won the Battle of the Bands yet. It's right before they do it, and then that's when the whole like we're gonna go in the future farther than you and stop you, and they keep going back and forth. <laughs> And Dina Molos loses. Ted's dad, uh, you know, uh, handcuffs him because they need to finish the film soon. Yeah. And then, like, there's, again, similar to the first film, but now they do something about it. They go, like, but we're just not good. Like, we've got to get better. And so all four of them, the babes and good and real Bill and Ted, go into the phone booth, go, go, I think, back in time, but stay back in time for months which almost contradicts Rufus uh, in the first film going, yeah. saying Demas still has time. And, like, <laughs> yeah. and they come back as older, wiser, yeah. more talented musicians with facial hair and babies. <laughs> they both have babies on their yeah. backs. And Ted's kid's name is Bill. Right. And <laughs> Bill's kid's name, name is Ted. Ted yeah. And it's like, that is just... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then they basically um, they play a... 
an improv uh, guitar solo, which is a badass guitar solo. I completely forgot that they do that. And then they just go into Kisses, God Gave Rock and Roll <laughs> to You. And then the film just ends. Yeah. It ends there. The song that brings everyone together is Kisses, God Gave Rock and Roll to You. Yeah. And, then and the it's f- very much one of those like 80s endings where it's just, they finish the song kind of. And they freeze, freeze frame. frame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fade to black or and credits roll. Yeah, then the credits, they still do the song, but you see like magazine covers. Yeah, it's like these of, like, fake magazine yeah. covers of Bill and Ted yeah. kind of, you know, be, taking the world by storm. Because the, ba- the band is not just the Babes and Bill and Ted anymore. Now it's the Babes are on keyboard and drums, they are on guitar. Ba- uh, death is on upright bass. <laughs> yeah, it's, classical, yeah. Uh, station, uh, station now and two people again. I think he yeah. goes. The station becomes two little guys again. Both stations are on bongos. Yep. And then I think the good robot uses are like dancers yeah. that are going yeah, with the band. Yeah, they're backup dancers. Yeah, so it's like this weird, like motley crew <laughs> of a band. And then they play the song, and then like you see like magazine covers of like. It's Bill and Ted and Death. Like, they're considered the trio of the band. Right, right, right. And then you see, like, their their music fixes pollution. Mm-hmm. Uh, you also see a throwaway newspaper, which is great, where it's uh, Dean DeMolos marries Missy, which is even <laughs> which is just a great yeah. reoccurring joke yeah. that if it's in the third film, I don't need it, but I will always appreciate yeah. a response to that. But uh, my, my favorite gag in the in the magazine covers is... Death starts a solo out al- or a solo career, yeah, yeah, yeah. releases a solo album, and then they, you know, they they kind of do that, and then they go back to the Bill and Ted covers, and then a, a little while later, you kind of see the start to see the fall of yeah. Bill and Ted's career, it's... and along with that, you see a cover go up that's you know, Death goes back to Wild Stallions. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like Bill Bill and Ted are not seen together. Is it the end of Wild Stallions? Yeah. Because <laughs> it's like at that point, and then it's like, nah, just kidding. They're all back together yeah. making new albums, and it's like. It's so weird, but it also excuse me makes perfect sense that like at the time they were probably filming this, at the time they wrote it, they were like, "There's no way we're yeah. making another one." So yeah. we have to make this moment the one. Load. Yeah, this yeah. this one this has to be the moment that ultimately leads to their fame. Right. And so they do that, and uh, it's going to be very interesting in face the music how they kind of retcon it to an extent, or like yeah. at least revert well, it. They they kind of lucked out a little bit because they're vague enough at the end of Bogus Journey um, to where, you know, yeah, they, this this is what makes them famous, but it's not stated yeah. explicitly that this is the performance that saves the world or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but then, yeah, then you see their whole kind of career trajectory after that mm-hmm. point in the, the magazine covers and the credits. And so it'll be interesting in Face the Music, yeah, to see how, like, okay, are we gonna are we going to talk about the fact that like these guys were huge stars and then mm-hmm. kind of i guess faded well, into it's, nothing it seems or, like with face the music or maybe the, they're retconning that with the timeline f- from the clips we've seen so far it almost seems like it might be a situation where it's like they thought that was the moment oh yeah bill and, and then, Ted definitely yeah. thought that well was no the i mean like it seems like they're also establishing that the future at a uh, time okay. thought that was the moment but it didn't happen it so didn't now the future out. is even like we don't know <laughs> we don't understand our own we don't history. know we don't know yet i think it's like yeah i think and then that's when they're like i think there's a certain song you have to write yeah we have to write 
write a song. Which is why, that. yeah, which is Face the Music. Face the Music's plot is Bill and Ted go to multiple realities to find yeah. the song that brings everyone together because they don't know what to write. Yeah. And it's like, oh yeah, my yeah, god. Yeah, the, the kind of key line in the trailer is like, why don't we go to the future where we have written it yeah. and steal it from ourselves? <laughs> and it was like, no, Keanu's like, Ted's like, what if that's... Why, why would we steal from ourselves? Or it's like, it's like, wouldn't that be stealing? Yeah. And it's then, like, it's not stealing if we're stealing it from ourselves. And that was the I was like, I'm sold. That's just, they're, it's, yeah. They're, they're back to the, the perfect back to their spirit own. of yeah. the original. Uh, it might be scary to see naked face Keanu now, but like, he's, yeah. he's killing it. Yeah. And yeah, that is Bogus Journey in its nutshell. It is a wacky, bonkers sequel that uh, makes perfect sense why uh, we will talk about critically. Uh, <laughs> financially didn't do as well as the first yeah. one. But at the same time, like, it does lead into uh, more avenues for Bill and Ted. Like, I think there is what leads to the comic series in the early 90s is uh, Marvel making a comic adaptation of Bogus Journey. Right. Yeah. And then it does well, and they're like, oh, let's just make more comics. And then yeah. they make the TV, they make the cartoon show, <laughs> the they live make, action. They, show. They, they try a live action show, and it bombs horribly. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, that's Bogus Journey. Um, a very admirable sequel, even if it doesn't work through and through. Yeah, I, I think we talked... I mean, I think now my rating has gone up a little bit. I initially was going to give it a three. Yeah. Like a three out of five if I was asked, like, if out of five, how you do it. But I think I'll give it a three and a half. I, I, think, I think personally... That's fair. There's a lot... First of all, there's just a lot there that, like, yeah, I might be romanticizing a bit in, in my brain, but when I watch it... I'm always going to be excited when we get closer mm. to the death stuff yeah. and then station and like, and oh yeah, forgot to say, uh, Pam Greer in the film is revealed to be Rufus, oh, George yeah, Carlin. She like peels off her yeah. skin or whatever and Rufus is underneath. Oh, oh she, she, she unzips from her chest. <laughs> she unzips so her Bill top. And, so Bill and Ted are like, whoa, I don't, I don't know, we have girlfriends. Yeah. And then like she pulls off her entire skin and it's yeah, Rufus. Yeah, it's Rufus underneath. So it's like, oh, that's why Pam Greer is so nice. Because it's Rufus trying to help. Yeah. But I don't know why. It's like Why he had to be covert about <laughs> yes. it. Like... But uh, yeah, I mean, Bogus Journey is the type of sequel that I would... I'm I'm always a fan of trying to go a different route and definitely try to shoot for something that uh, is going to shock people or at least change yeah. people's perspective on what a Bill and Ted film should be. Yeah. At the same time, though, that doesn't excuse its genuine issues and my genuine critic like yeah. my criticisms towards like the pacing, just kind of like a not as tight of a script per se, mm-hmm. and the comedy is not as funny. But when it is funny, it's very funny. William Sadler is great as death, and I'm so excited to see him in Face the Music. Bill and Ted are still great. You still get great moments throughout the film, and overall, like, it's worth watching. It definitely, if if you're one of those people who were sour when it first came out, I recommend giving it a rewatch and being like, oh, no, there is is some good Bill and Ted in there. And if you already love this movie, Godspeed, you're fighting an uphill battle. (laughs) It's it's, going to be hard. (laughs) I I think, yeah, if if you... at the end of the day, if you love Bill and Ted, the characters, if you love Keanu Reeves and Alex Winter's, mm-hmm. um, you know, portrayal of these characters, there, there's enough to love in this movie to make it worth your time. And Oh, yeah. And the ways it expands on the series and the possibilities of what, yeah, Bill and Ted stories can be, make it worthwhile. Um, yeah. But, and uh, make me all the more excited to see mm-hmm. what can be done in another entry. Absolutely. Which... Comes out this weekend, and I'm yeah. so excited. Comes out Friday, the 28th. Yes, and this episode will be up on the 29th, 
I guess uh, it came out yesterday, technically. <laughs> oh, that's this good. Is, we're yeah. posting today, yeah, that's, that's the 29th. True. Yes, that's true. <laughs> so, oh, that's right. Sorry. When we're, we're, we're recording this the same day it comes out. That's the <laughs> canon we're using. Uh, um, but no, let's uh, let's go through... Uh, so you already have it up here, so I won't what? even try to guess it with you. But oh, uh, yeah. the budget for Bogus Journey was about twenty million, so it was Which twice was as twice much as the yeah. first one. And its box office was—I think I have a more specific number. It's, yeah, it's it's a little over thirty-eight million. Yeah, it's like thirty-eight point zero five million dollars overall. Slightly lower than the first one. Yes, yeah. but that's that's the issue. Is it's slightly lower and it took more to make. Yeah. And so it's like yeah. Is what it is. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes. It's also very funny because the first one I think it's like, if you go on Rotten Tomatoes, yeah. you, you get you get people I think who are reviewing it, like re-reviewing it's, it for now. Yeah, retrospective. But uh, but Bogus Journey is a fifty-four <laughs> percent. <laughs> I think it's fifty-four percent with uh, critics. It's fifty-six with audience. So it's very it's very yeah. down the middle. It's very divisive of a film. It's yeah. just uh, compared to Excellent Journey, Excellent Adventure. With the eighty percent yeah. score, seventy five percent. I did have some standout stuff where uh, Gene Siskel did not like Bogus Journey. Yeah, he gave it like a two and a half out of five. Sure, but Roger Ebert technically liked it more. He gave it a three <laughs> out of five and said, "Like, I think the first I, I read like a little bit of it uh, yesterday, but it was like, um, there's a lot. He, I think in his first paragraph, uh, paraphrasing, he says like." There are a lot of things in this film I don't understand, but what's also great is there's a lot of things in this film that Bill and Ted don't understand. So I kind of relate to the characters more. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, it's yeah. And like I think one of the one of the best reviews I found was from a uh, Jay Boyar. I hope I say that right, but uh, he's from the Orlando Sentinel at the oh, time okay. it was written, and I think he said like to a degree like thanks. I'd rather play a game of Twister than watch this movie. So like it's <laughs> it's like oh that's goofy. I yeah. like that. I. I I, I yeah, I'm I'm at a point with the movie. I can totally understand yeah, anybody oh, not liking this movie. I understand. I totally get it. I'm like kind of in terms of, you know, leaning to the to the positive of middle. I enjoyed it, didn't love it, didn't mm-hmm. like it as much as the first one, but I think there's enough there, you know, if if you love the characters to be into, but I mm-hmm. totally don't blame audiences at the time for not supporting oh, this no, one quite not, as well. Not at all. And also, the director was different. Yeah, uh, apparently, director. All uh, three films will have yes, uh, but the third director, the third one has uh, bullets. Let's talk about this. For this one, it was uh, Peter Hewitt. Yeah, basically, apparently, from what I've seen, uh, Stephen Herrick talked about like when he first sold the script to Bogus Journey to him, it just didn't feel like the characters. Yeah, which agree or disagree, I completely understand from his perspective. You know, it's a time travel film that goes to uh, Bill and Ted goes to hell. Vastly <laughs> different. Uh, but instead, they got a uh, director Peter Hewitt, which his filmography is not as a uh, not as interesting. Not as well, it or has not as well. Well, like yeah, so like Steve Steve Stephen Herrick did like uh, he did Mr. Holland's Office, he did yeah. the Mighty Ducks, he, he did kind of his... blew up in the nineties yeah. after the first uh, Bill and Ted. He directed Zoom with Tim Allen in oh, two thousand six. No, he directed uh, Garfield. Or like what? I think I think he might have wrote Garfield. He no, he directed it. Directed it. Yeah. Uh, I think it might have been he might have might have been dual directing here. Let's, oh okay. Because I thought I, no yeah. He, yeah no he did he just direct he just Peter he, Hewitt yeah because the Bill Murray yeah so in case you don't know Garfield. like one of the funniest things about the 2004 Bill Murray Garfield film is that Bill Murray got in that film because he thought one of the Cohen brothers wrote it <laughs> when in reality it was it was Joel Cohen with an H yeah not Joel Cohen C O E N. 
So he completely screwed it up, and that's just hilarious that that's yeah. a real thing that happened. But yeah, he directed that, Garfield. He directed uh, John Goodman's The Borrowers in 97. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I think the other, like I guess, most notable thing is he helped write the story for the 2005 Thunderbirds. Yeah. Which, if you don't remember that, it's a uh, it was a I think an American adaptation of a popular British like yeah. puppet show. Like it was it was super huge in like the '60s, and they had Bill Paxton. It had Vanessa yeah. Hudgens, a young Vanessa Hudgens. And I don't remember. There was one guy, the main kid in Thunderbirds. I'll go back. Uh, there it is, Brady Corbett. He uh, he ends up being one half of the team in the crazy intense horror film Funny Games, the remake of um, Michelle Hennig's, uh if I pronounce that incorrectly, I'm sorry, but that that <laughs> Funny Games. And so, yeah, he has a weird career. It's not like, I mean, to be it honest, I've, I've seen... In addition uh, to Thunderbirds, he also he directed Thunderpants, the I, beloved classic, yeah, which the I've fact, never the heard Yeah, the fact of. that that was considered one of his most notable films, yeah. I was like, never, I'm not going to bring that up. I don't, I don't know if anyone knows what that is. Is... <laughs> But is that is that Rupert Grant? Look, go down. I want to know now. Now, now I'm in. No, yeah, it is Rupert Grant. Alan A. Allen. Okay. <laughs> uh, don't watch Thunderpants. Is what this whole this whole <laughs> this whole episode's been about. Hey, now we haven't seen it. We can't speak on. <laughs> oh, you know what? You're it right. might be iconic. <laughs> yeah, it might be in, a, in an odd trilogy in the future, regardless. <laughs> of the, the Peter Hewitt trilogy. Uh, but yeah, that is going to be it for this episode. Um, I, I, this, I guess if we're going to have some closing thoughts, if you liked Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, give Bogus Journey a try. And yeah. if, if you don't like it, understandable. If you do like it, don't worry. There are dozens of us. It's okay. <laughs> at, at the very least, it's a, it's a, it might be some good prep for Face the Music coming out. Mm-hmm. Or which came out. Yes, yeah, <laughs> the I, timeline. You are always going to push this. You're going to push this idea more than I do. So I'm even going to get confused. We release on Saturday. People yeah. think they're listening to us live. <laughs> that's how podcasts work. <laughs> oh, that's fair. Well, since we're releasing today, the 29th. Yes. Uh, a week from now, which is is it the fifth? I think it'll be the fourth or fifth. Uh, it'd be fifth, the fifth. Yeah. So on September fifth, we will release our final episode to this odd trilogy, which will be Bill and Ted Face the Music. Yeah. So Appreciate thank you so much for listening. I'm Logan Sowash. I'm Andy Carr, and uh, hope to see you next week.